Yeah. How you doing, man? How you doing, Gerald? You look good. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing, you know, it's, not much has changed. Uh, I gotta I, get I got, your ghost. Okay, your ghost. Here we go. How you doing, man? Oh, we're good. Doing, we're on. Good. We're on. Good. How are you doing? Hey, Gerald. Uh, oh, yeah. Welcome to Robot and the Bear, episode fifty-four. Thank yes. You. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Luke. I'm Eric. Eric. And our guest, Mr. Gerald Powell. Yes. Yes. Gerald Powell, virologist extraordinaire, who's from the Salk Institute. Our the, the <laughs> one person we get all our coronavirus information from. Yeah, and uh, probably a person that not enough listened to, in my opinion, because uh, misinformation runs rampant to these days. Yeah, it's really hard to figure out like what is good information from bad information, right? Right. Like, yeah, and even I mean, even among people who have medical degrees and people who are professionals, if they're not, if they didn't keep up, they are they're going to be outdated and you know for not keeping up in for a couple of weeks. Because things right. are coming, you know, things are coming out like so fast. It's like crazy fast. Like things- so, how much reading are you doing? I have to do reading every day. Wow! Like so, and, just- like, and I'm not completely caught up with everything either. So there's like there's certain places where they actually summarize the stuff. Those are really really good one mm-hmm. coming from Germany, mm. but, but it's in German. Oh. <laughs> But, so, so wait, but they 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 want a summer vacation because you know, it's Europe, right? Well, I, I think everyone <laughs> wants a summer vacation right now, right? Like, yeah. So they're. I mean, they're. I mean, um, I think everybody's kind of struggling with that. And then you know, for example, in Europe, it seems to be that that's driving some of the rebound in terms of the coronavirus numbers. Do you, do you think that this is a quote unquote second wave or is this like, <clears throat> the constitute a second wave or is it just like, what oops, like kind of thing? Well, I think it's like, this is a, this is clearly, well, in Europe, it is a second wave. In mm-hmm. the US, when the like, we're still in the same we're, wave. Yeah, we're, we're, like basically like, it never really stopped. We just took a, we, we hit the brakes for a little bit. And then there's like we hit the brakes for a little bit, and it's like, and now we're, you know, downhill with no brakes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe no driver. <laughs> <laughs> so, is any of this a surprise, or is this kind of what you was this just very obvious? Because to me, it was very obvious. I'm like, yeah. this is going to happen. I think as soon as was- I saw, as soon as things were happening, I was like, oh, this is a bad idea. The bars yeah. are opening, you know, with no warning too. It's we're opening bars today was kind of the announcement. I'm like, R- R- really? Like now? You know, inside dining now. You know, everything was not, there was no countdown, no education. It was just today you can open, you know? And I was like, uh-oh. I, th- I think the the problem is like you have like the different levels of government not coordinating. Like, for example, federal government, state government. and that, And the problem with this is like, you need to coordinate everybody for it to work because just imagine the virus can spread anywhere. As long as the virus is somewhere, then it come, can come back to you. So basically like, you know, back in the day when, you know, when I was medical school, one of the things that I, w- I was, a you know, um, you know, one of the things that was in the, you know, the County hospital in LA, you know, the USC one, that's the sure. East LA interchange. Yeah. So in that place, you saw things like, leprosy 
and you know you saw things like other a whole you know tuberculosis and stuff like that so you had all these you know uh, basically people living off the streets and with all these diseases but you need to treat them because what happens like if you don't treat them they're going to infect other people so as long as you if you treat them early and just suppress the whole thing then nothing happens but other people are like, or like if you have like elite, what do you have like illegal immigrants, right? You know, undocumented people that have diseases, don't want to go to the doctor. And then it's like, but if you, if you get rid of the disease in this population, it's never going to spread anywhere. But if, if you focus on, you know, on being, you know, you know, oh, they're not paying taxes. It's not fair. We should not treat them. You're going to end up sick later because they're going to pass it on to somebody else and they're going to pass it to you. And it doesn't matter that you pay tax, that they pay taxes or not. But from a public health perspective, it's very clear that you want to get rid of the disease at the earliest possible point. Right. So it's right. a practical thing. It's not a fairness point uh, thing. This is a practical thing to prevent it from getting everywhere. So that's sort of like the same thing. It's like, you know. Mm. You know. So as long as we don't remove it everywhere in the world, it's eventually gonna pop back up so that's pretty pretty obvious right like Mm -hmm. of course it is yeah it is obvious we we travel everyone travels uh there's no restrictions on it for the most part well there is now but for the most part within the united states there's no restrictions right no new york has restrictions you could just get in a car and probably go right in yeah, yeah, but, but you're supposed to quarantine or something like that. I mean, the other yeah, thing—that's that, that's that's um honor system quarantine though, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly what yeah. If you if you called. hiked in through the mountains somewhere in New York, you can walk right into New York and blend right in. <laughs> you know, oh, like, I mean, if you're Asian, maybe not so easy in some places, but you know what I'm saying. If you just walk yeah, right in, that's what I'm saying. It's it's kind of what I'm saying is it's a honor system, and the honor system does not work. I don't think it's ever worked. And I think that's kind of what maybe uh, a lot, lot of the, a lot of the governments think that. That's I think the, the honor system kind of works in most places in Japan. Oh, were you, I'm talking about America, America. where uh, yeah. you ever put a bowl out of uh, Halloween candy and and you just leave it out there and you write a sign one or two per person and you look at your security camera and you find out it's an adult who stole it all. <laughs> there's no. Have you done that, no, Eric? Many. I I've watched people do it on ours at my house. Okay. You know, on, well, camera, little, little kids, on little kids are on. Yeah, little kids are honest. The adults are the ones that'll steal the whole bowl. No. I, I'm just shocked that you actually. Bucks. They can, they can go buy themselves. Yeah, I don't know, but it's one of those things. Uh, if if they can't if they can't handle Halloween candy, how are you going to prevent a spread of virus that they can't see? It's 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 even worse. So, right. Well, I mean. One. The entire virus thing in the United States has become like a weird constitutional thing, which is just like that's the argument that people who don't want to wear masks are making that it's infringing on their rights, um, you know, which is just ridiculous. Isn't, and, isn't it kind of yeah, your, you know, your rights end where it starts infringing upon other people's rights, like their right to live? Right. Well, they. I think people. Well, people who use the Constitution like that are usually only concerned about their rights, not about the rights of others. Hmm. Unless it satisfies the argument they want to make. Well, right. Like the like the Second Amendment. Right. The 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 right to bear arms. 
is a um, an argument that you know people are making because they are afraid of a fascist government coming in and taking their rights away. Meanwhile, in Portland, Oregon, right now, um, you know, secret police are you know are pulling people off the streets, you know, and force. Uh, there was just an article I saw today about how they are holding people and holding cells for misdemeanor, um, you know, like infringements. And then like for like forcing them to sign documents saying they will not participate in um, any other like, you know, um, demonstrations if in, in order to be released from, yeah. you know, that is, <clears throat> is literally the government stripping away a person from their first amendment rights. Yeah. So, you know, and, but where are all these, you know, don't tread on me, you know, constitutionalists right now, um, you know, um, you know, protecting yeah. their rights, the rights of these demonstrators. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like this, this, this entire country is just a very conceited self-centered, you know, you know, whole that's, you know, fucked, you know, in my <laughs> humble opinion. So, yep. It's a, you know, yeah, at a certain point, you do need uh, to work as a whole society. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Right. So are there any um, doctors that you've run into that are anti-mask doctors? Like, is there, are, is there anyone? I don't personally know any. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I saw them on that video. Uh-huh. But that's but, like. Right. The, uh, the demon seed woman, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, there was also another. Um, yeah, I mean, there. There were people who were, I mean, early on, there were people that were not convinced yet because they thought there was not enough evidence. But as the evidence accumulated, I think like pretty much everybody is on board. I mean, the thing is like, it's okay to be wrong, but, you know, because let's say you don't have, you don't know enough, you just don't know enough, right? But as you find out more things, you, you know, start changing your opinion based on evidence, right? Mm. So that's that's like a normal rational human beings way of dealing with things. Right. It's like, as you see, as the information comes in, you change your behavior according to the new information that comes in. That's just normal. I would say, right. Or supposed to be normal. It's supposed to be. Yeah. So are masks still the best way to protect yourself from, you know, Yeah, actually increasingly so because like what the uh, epidemiological studies say that, from the surfaces and things like that, at least like from touching stuff, you don't seem to have so much. I mean, it has happened. Like people, I mean like door handle kind of things. Right. Everybody touching the door handle and getting infected. But I think it's also like, it's a little bit hard to pick up now because everybody's hyper aware. So everybody's washing their hands all the time. So then it's like, it's harder for you to pick up that. So as you took that out by your behavior, What's left over, the majority of it seems to be like airborne. The stuff that's for you harder to control. Mm. The droplets that you that we actually have talked about this before, the droplets that you generate and stuff like that. So that's like yeah. And but, what, you know, probably a third of everyone who listened already forgot that. So <laughs> we have to start over. <laughs> that's that's part but that's par for the course. That's uh oh, yeah. how it is. That's that's how the entire country is, right? Maybe there's about a third who Yeah. I think, they, I they think have, it's like they've forgotten. Know, you know that what I think what has happened recently 
So I don't know whether you knew this. There was a, so just as with Germany was reopening. So Germany did a really good job. They suppressed the numbers to, you know, to, uh, so that there are not was like, I forgot point something point point three or point five something like that. So every person was like infecting less than one person. So if you keep doing that, so everybody so who gets infected infects less than one person, then eventually disappears. So at that point, like they actually came to that, and suddenly they had a meatpacking plant over there too, which had over a thousand people infected. Wow. So it's like basically, and the meatpacking plant there is not like the, the, so they didn't have dorms like, like the ones they had here, like where they house people all in, in kind of a dorm kind of thing. Mm. But so now people are really suspecting there is something about the meatpacking plants where you have refrigerated, you know, about 45 degree rooms where the air conditioning is keeps going. People have to speak very loudly to hear each other. To move, uh, you know, the to move the carcasses and stuff like that. So yeah, so there were like a, you know, it seems to be like in every country that you can actually get these meat packing or food processing plants where you have refrigeration, you know, loud environment where people have to talk loud to talk over the background noise. That seems to be, you know, that seems to have, you know, these massive number of people infected, like. And this is despite like people wearing masks in these places, or mm, actually, I don't know exactly whether whether they were wearing masks or not. So that's that's not really clear. So that's like a that's not really clear. I mean, another thing that is like really kind of interesting that happened. Um, another thing that is interesting that happened is that people found it was a little bit expected because of the uh, mink farms. Wow. So people in Spain and in the Netherlands have culled entire mink maps, uh, mink farms. So the reason being is that at least in the Netherlands, people actually went and sequenced the viruses from minks and from humans and could determine that people infected the minks and some people, much less, were infected back from the minks back to the humans. Wow, so mink farms are is it for a for a coat? Is that basically it? yeah, exactly? I, I don't... Yeah, the, those are like uh, for for the fur. Yeah, industry. so there's no that's not even a food source. It's straight up. Yeah, just... but it's basically the the the, the minks are susceptible. Yeah, just but... like a cat, right? Or a a cat can be yeah, as well. A dog is not a, a cat. Is the cat yeah. seems to not infect humans very well, but humans infect cats very well. <laughs> cats infect each other at a really low frequency and don't get very sick. Hmm. Wow. But also the minks, you know, some of them die, but I th- like the percentages that you saw dying is like similar to human. Right. But none of the minks are old because they, they kill them very quickly. But oh, because they, they, they want that soft fur. They want the fur as like, because you don't want to, they don't want to keep the animals, you know, they want to ha- harvest them as fast as they can, right? Right, right. Or, so, anyway, so. So, but yeah, so they, they, there was like, there were cases, a couple of mink farms in the Netherlands where they actually. So you're saying is if, if the world was um, entirely plant-based, um, maybe those, there would be, you know, like meatpacking is a problem, but basically. But it's, I mean, not, I it's, not, it's not only meatpacking, vegetable packing is also a problem. Because it's also refrigerated. It's also refrigerated. It has yeah. it less to do with the meatpacking itself, but having large 
areas that are refrigerated where people work in close contact and where you have lots of recirculating air. But then farms are okay, right? Because uh, it's like outdoor, the the you know people that do the labor. I, I would say essential workers that are doing Probably. labor. Yeah, people who harvest and stuff like that. That, they see, that seems to be okay. Yeah, so far we have not seen, or I have not seen much of this, but right. you know, I haven't followed everything. I just see, uh-huh. uh, I have known some of the things. I was at a virtual conference on SARS-CoV-2 by the European Molecular Biology Laboratory, and people went over some of these things. So that that's your Comic Con. We go to Comic Con and have a good time. You're like, oh shit, man, Covey two Con is coming. It's gonna be hot. <laughs> Fauci is gonna do the lead talk. Do you like do you like that guy by any ch- I mean do you do you, is that yeah, is he's, he really... he's fine. It's like I, I know from before. Okay, I was wondering because he's supposed to be the one of the leading virologists in the country, correct? Yeah, he wasn't originally an HIV person. So when uh-huh. I was an undergrad, I was doing HIV stuff. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that in the last time. Yeah. Okay, I just wasn't sure because he. I mean, I think he dumbs down his talks so well, much he that has to right. So he has to, of course, to talk but, to and people still and people still can't understand it. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I, when he speaks, I'm always thinking like he. I feel like he's a month behind everything that we talk about here, and not quite everything, but many things we talked about here. Three weeks later, he brings it up, right? The memory of your, uh, you know, the the mucosal mucosal immunity illnesses, yeah. yeah, immunities. That we we talked about it. Three weeks later, he he talked about it. But three weeks, you know, like that should be a, a I mean, faster. I, I mean, that's an important. I think he, top, that's he an important probably thing knows to know. it. He just hasn't talked about it, and he okay. has to be like super. Because he, he acts like it's brand new. It's like we just found out, you know. And I'm like, dude, you should have known about that 20 years ago. Uh, bro i don't think we just that we didn't talk. but you know like he makes it sound like it's just new information maybe it's the media doing it but it it really bothers me when i read that uh, i don't know it's like anyway he's and he yeah. did he say and he also tried to trick people to not wear masks yeah right? that was that was dumb that was really bad that that was like that 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 is dumb and that is like um, i mean like i think it's that, like, that should not, shouldn't you be fired off of that one I, that because he kind of bummed I, me out entirely like i, think, I don't trust that like, guy anymore i think he's full of shit i, I think it's like <laughs> I, I think it's like that's the moment of weakness where he actually let politics dictate science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. but wasn't there also like the the factor that like there was a shortage of masks and you know it would yeah, be better if these masks got into the hands of people who were definitely definitely going to be interacting with yeah. patients that like you know exactly. like that was that was his but, thinking, but that was like, I mean he should have. You know, it's like if you look at if you take a page from Taiwan, Taiwan had the same problem, and they had a shortage too, especially initially. And then it's like there are things like this. Yeah, we are we are. I mean, basically, we're gonna ration the masks for everybody. We're gonna give priority to the healthcare workers, but they were actually they even made an app <clears throat> because they want to see like where people are missing masks and everybody would get exactly the number of masks they would need every week. You go to the convenience stores and they pack them in things that I think like five masks for, for every week they give to everybody. So you can only pick up for one week's worth of masks when every, and for, and it's tied to your ID. So we like your driver's license number is tied to whether you can get your mask for this week. Wow. So then it's like, I mean, they made an app for that. And like, and if you don't have masks, like say at this convenience store, it tells you where's the nearest place where there are still masks and you can go. 
Right. Well, I mean, we're talking about Taiwan versus, you know, I don't know, the United States, which is, you know, I think it's much easier to manage an island, you know, rather than... No, you can say that, but as long, also they have a lot less resources. The, the The federal government has way more resources than Taiwan. Right. I guess... Just, you can mobilize because... FEMA, you can mobilize things like that. It's a matter that you do it. Right. Yeah, and also it's a matter of uh, people being not selfish. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, that is a that, I, I, our public. Our public's really wacko right now. It's it's kind of amazing. Yeah, it is kind yeah, of amazing. I mean, like, even like, you can see how they manage the toilet paper versus how we manage. <laughs> Were well, we the only country that had the toilet paper issue? I know Japan had a toilet paper issue, but like, um, uh, was it just like, Japan and America and North America that had you know toilet paper problems? Yeah, I don't think the toilet paper issue was like that big anywhere else. And then it's like you hear about all the people who are trying to return the toilet paper afterwards of going to Costco and wanting to return the toilet paper. Costco says, nope. Nope. No. 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 Nope. You got to sell it to your friends. Sell it to your friends. But you know what? You don't have any friends anymore because you hoarded all that toilet paper and you rubbed it in their face. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, okay, wait. We need an update on your uh, treatment slash vaccine. Yes. Well, you should you should have an update on what's out there already. Okay. Well, that's that's next. But we want yeah, to know about yeah. yours. About mine? Yeah. We're, we're still working on it. We made a um, we we made a version actually. Like I need when I go back afterwards, like I probably have to send this out to sequencing to make sure everything is correct. So yeah. But meanwhile, we actually put a paper on by archive and sent to um, sent for publication, and at the and then that that paper basically shows that this new mutant that appears sort of late January of the virus is much more infectious than others. We're we're not the only ones who have found this. There's about four other groups that found it you know, over the last month or so. And then uh, this is basically the, the virus that's circulating now. It's much more infectious. So wherever it, it went, it took over the original strain. So it can oh, outcompete wow. it. So something is more infectious. Is this, person, is this different from that chart that you showed where like when it went to Italy, like it had mutated and... Well, it's the same one, but now we actually did an experiment in the lab and showed that it actually does... It's basically it's five times more, five hundred percent more infectious than the original. Oh my god! Okay, so, I, I have to ask now. Like, how do you do, like? I'm I instantly envisioned like a person who was not infected sitting in a room, like maybe like ten feet away from a guy who was infected with version one of the virus, and then this, and then a different room, you know, a guy who's not infected sitting across from a guy who, with the mutated updated like version the latest version of the the coronavirus and like you know and then just testing to see whether or not like it's yeah the guy gets infected like how is this like yeah i don't know i I don't know i don't know exactly how it works in real life so basically people in when they people out there when they look at the virus they can actually see this virus is taking over it's out competing the the old version we in the lab take the virus, actually we take just this one gene of the virus where the mutation have and put it in a way that we can actually measure it. And then we measure it and then see and infect cells in in a dish. And then see, 
oh, this infects five times more than the other one, than the original. But this is since January? Late January when it showed up. And then we're like in July, dude. By so May. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, by May. But it's like the thing is like you, you can only see when you start counting. Yeah. And then it's like you see it, right? But you have to have enough instances for you to see it. And then it's like the the first people who noticed were around April or so, people started noticing. And then oh having God. some hint. And the first kind of real indication was like sort of early May. And then the people who do experiments started doing this thing and it takes time to make these things in the lab you have to build these and when you do an experiment it's not just you you cannot just you have to take the gene out you have to synthesize it you have to make the mutation you have to make the viruses you have to do this enough times that you are confident and every time you build something it takes you like a week or so to to make it so what's this called this 2.0 well the it's actually the it's called d614g so, All right. Okay. Original yeah, one was original D, one. And, then, and it's position 614 of the spike gene, which is the, the gene that the virus uses to go into cells. And that position, the original one had a D, and it mutated into a G. So that's called D614G. All right. Yeah. There you go. Spike D614G. I mean, all these 5G kind of people, well, this is six. What there is it, it is. 641G or six, That just this, validated this, their argument 100%. This is way stronger. This is this is like 600 and something G. It's not just some 5G shit. This is way potent. So, oh my gosh. Anyways, that's a I guess that's a great discovery, but it's more frightening to know that. Wait, so how does this have what does this, what does this have to do with the treatment that you were working on? It doesn't have anything to do. It doesn't really affect it whatsoever. Okay. So the the treatment that that I am... so why are you why are you scaring us for? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> so much worse. It's, it's like it, it should. Oh. This should not affect. I mean, I don't think this is going to affect any of the vaccines. Mm-hmm. It's not going to affect the uh, you know. Well, except um, you're going to need more vaccines. <laughs> Maybe. No, I don't. I don't think you don't need more vaccine. It's basically like it, it's it's not going to. I don't think it's going to affect it at all. It's just really? that you know you now that know that this thing became more infectious than before. Yeah, but we've known that yeah. for. I mean, I've seen the maps, I've seen the charts. I believe it's it. right. It was like that. Basically, like that's that's one thing is an observation. Do you see it? Oh, oh, it looks like that way. You know, it's just it seems like it seems becoming more and more. This one is more more prevalent. Mm-hmm. But then it's like to know why it is more prevalent and show that it actually is more prevalent because of a particular gene change or something like that. That you have to, you have to do the experiment in the lab to to know that it's really like that. I remember you posting something on your uh, social media about this, and I do remember them referring yeah. to the original virus as D and, and the mutated virus as G. Yeah. What happened to E and F? Um, e and F don't change anything. So what is like? E? So. So D is not just like the you know the, the it is a letter in alphabet, but what it actually stands for is a particular amino acid. So D is for aspartate, and then G is a glycine, and E is a glutamate, and F is a phenylalanine. So there are twenty letters that correspond to twenty amino acids, okay. and every 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 protein is basically is a chain of amino acids, and, and depending on which position, it has a different amino acid. And then you can have different versions. So every gene is made, most of the genes are made of protein. So there's basically a chain of amino acids. 
and they have, you know, starts at one, the first position. So they all start with M. Every gene start, every protein starts with a methionine, and then it goes and makes a chain of things. So this one in particular, the spike protein, at position 614, originally was an aspartate, and it got changed to this other one, which is a glycine. It makes it more flexible. Damn. Yeah. All I got to say is damn. Um, so, okay, so you, your vaccine is still uh, being tested. Is there a point to keep working on it when you see so many others are, like, coming to market almost? Like, I'm hearing one's almost coming to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so the, the question is, like, okay, now just the very first one, like Moderna's vaccine, is going to go into phase three clinical trial. What does that mean? It means that it's going to be testing what, to see whether it works. Up until now, it's basically all the stuff has been done. Like, okay, how much can we inject a person without them making making them sick? It's like, does it actually does it cause anything bad? For the phase one, is typically where you test for toxicity to see if you actually make if it's toxic to people. The second one, you do basically what you call dose escalation, where you actually increase little by little the amount and whatever, and then you do it on relatively few people. So it's done on forty five people. So. Oh, wow. So anyway, so then it's basically you just see that like, um, and then you have on the side, you find out whether, okay, did it make antibodies? And that, but that's not really a test of whether it works or not. Like, all the things that you're measuring there, whether you make T cells, whether you make, uh, whether T cells get activated or whether you, you make antibodies are sort of indications. Basically, you're like looking for hints that it's going the right direction. But you ultimately don't know whether it works. Basically, like you cannot confuse the hints from the thing actually working. Sure. So you, you, that you only know when you get to this phase three clinical trial. Well, and that's I'm, when they're actually doing 3,000 people, I think. So, wait, the 45, are they still alive? Yeah. Okay. Everybody's alive. Nobody, okay. nobody died. Okay. So I, 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 I heard a news article where they were like going like saying like there's Moderna and then Pfizer. Um, oh so, yeah, Pfizer is actually Pfizer is doing the clinical trial for a company called was called BioNTech. Mm. BioNTech is actually the the real company that's making it, and it, mm. and and the and the vaccine from BioNTech and Moderna is almost identical. Only the modifications are a little bit different. But the BioNTech, if you were to ask me which one I think is better, BioNTech, I think, is uh, substantially better because at least you require a, lit, a lot less vaccine. So the vaccine that... Um, you, you know what make these a billion are, doses to make... You know what they're billion, called? Hmm? What are these vaccines called? Just so we... These are, the, these are basically... Uh, like Moderna RNA has vaccines. one. RNA oh. vaccines. They're but both. is there a specific market name for them already? Um, they actually have a name. But, okay. Uh, I wasn't uh, sure if that's commonly shared. Uh, yeah. I, 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 it's not a secret. It's just like they have BNT in the number. Like okay. One is uh, MN in the number. So neither of these is remdesivir or hydrochloroquine. Neither, no, 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 no. no, no. Those, neither oh, those, those are not vaccines. Those are those are those are those are treatments. Treatments, yeah. It's like a they're drug. treatments, right? Yeah, okay. Drugs. But so okay. So w there's a there's Moderna, and then you mentioned Pfizer. What about Kodak, the the film company, right? Eastman Kodak. Mm. So Kodak used to have a. Can you believe it? Kodak. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Kodak used to have a biotech version, uh, biotech branch. So I don't know whether they're reviving that. No, but isn't it isn't is doesn't that have some kind of a link to Japan? Um, that it's been they've been already making something in Japan, and now that because today Kodak stock went up gigantic. Right, I don't know. Anything. Yeah, major, major, major amounts because they made the announcement. But I think it's been in Japan for a little bit already. Well, there's it's, like it's Eastman Kodak. Fuji has a, you know, if you talk about film companies, Fuji actually. Um, Kodak's a lot better than Fuji film wise, by the way. But we're talking about medicine, so it's a it's a different. The film has a difference. I mean, the the, the Kodak colors are much more saturated. It's a much better film. But okay, back to the medicine. <laughs> Sorry. What do you think, Luke? <laughs> I, I am not a film person, so but I'm just, I'm just more like intrigued that, that that's yet another one it, it is. Eastman Kodak is actually part of it. They're actually making. Well, they were going to go broke anyways. They were like, yeah. they've been doing really bad for a very long time. They yeah, completely no. missed on the digital photography part. <laughs> so, but they're making, they might save people's lives instead. It's a good trade. I don't know. It's like, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not aware of what Kodak has there. Right. What so you're... What's going on in Russia? Like, you know, Russia, like, you know, made an announcement yesterday saying, like, you know, we plan on being the first country to, you know, whatever, a, a, a vaccine, you know, the... Well, there, uh, there, there's like, there's like, I would say there are three other vaccines that are like, subst- you know, pretty advanced. Like, there's like two Chinese ones and there's another British one. Mm. That's with, um, I think, like with Sanofi Aventis or something like that. I forgot. Mm. Yeah, what are the Chinese are, ones? Are are they um... the son of no, actually? There's like the Chinese one. One of them is like a very very traditional vaccine. Mm. It's basically the actual virus you just kill it off and then use the killed virus to inject people. So mm. that that's what they actually made a. I think it's called Sinobiologic, the company. But anyways, they actually made a. They're making a killed vaccine and testing on people. I mean, that that was, you know, traditionally that was like the way that like, for example, the salt polio vaccine was basically a kill vaccine. You take the virus, you chemically treat it. So it's dead. It doesn't, it cannot basically be infectious anymore and you inject it. And then that you make antibodies against. But I don't know. I mean, time will tell, see if any of them work. I don't know. So also like from the profile, I would say that the the Pfizer um, the Pfizer one seems to work better than the Moderna one. Mm. And also like in terms of making something for the world, it's also important to know that you know the amount of you know for for making one billion doses, BioNTech they need about twenty to sixty kilograms of this messenger RNA that they're making and they can make that amount in uh, so it's about 20 to 60 kilograms what they need and they can think they can do it by the end of 2021 they can make that amount oh, wow but the one for moderna you seem to require 600 kilograms so it's almost like 10 times more so but they these all these companies they're kind of like the computer chip companies. They're fabless. They don't actually make their own stuff. They just come up with the vaccine and somebody else has to actually go filling 
where they actually have to make it and make it and to put it into vials and stuff like that. So there are companies that do does the formulation for them and there are companies that do the, the filling for them. So, but there's only one company that does it in Austria. So I don't know, they're going to compete for the same company to make it for them. So if they can, if the, the other company can make 20 to 60 kilograms in, in basically a year and a half, it will take 15 years to make the same amount for the Moderna one. So I don't know. They have to build another factory. They so there's only to... one factory in the world, and it's in Austria, that has the technology yeah. to be able to do yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. To produce it at scale, to make large amounts of it. So there's, there isn't one in the United States. There isn't one in South America, Africa, Asia. Like... As far as I know, yeah, because it used to be a very small market. Wow. wow. So... This means there's a secret one being built in Japan, Luke, just so you know. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, super no, I, I don't think in Japan, Japan doesn't move very quickly. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just figure there's like a secret billionaire, you know, going, oh, I'm going to make my own. If it's but, um... a, a, a secret billionaire, I think like you, you need somebody like Bill Gates or somebody who would actually move this fast. Japan is not very fast moving. It would have to be done in China, where they just. Oh yeah, that's yeah. cool too. In Japan, they would. Uh, in China, they would move fast, and they would actually yeah. make it, and, and that would make it. Yeah, like there are a lot of con- contract manufacturing organizations and like called CMOs. So there's like CROs, which is contract research organizations, and there are CMOs, which are contract manufacturing organizations, which are basically companies that make stuff for that somebody else designs, and then you just give them your the blueprints of what you make or you want to make. And they make it for you. Mm-hmm. So back to the, um, I guess back to the, I guess your body's memory. Have they figured anything out as to how long this would be? Because I remember it spanned from six months to a year and a half for the longest. Did they have they ever figured anything out for? Oh, it's, I think it's like that. People actually are having short expectations because if you look at the trial, like the first results for the Moderna vaccine, they're stating in the paper that they wrote, they're. They are hoping to make something that lasts six months at a minimum. So they're not talking about something that cures you permanently. They said, we're kind of happy with six months and we can achieve six months. That means so you have, have to, to read it. between the lines and understand what this actually means when they write this. It's like right. they, used, they used to be like, okay, we're going to have the, we're going to have the cure. We're going to have the vaccine and that's going to be it. Now they're actually tempering their expectations of people. And say, okay, we're going for six months. This is what we're going for. Mm-hmm. And if you actually look at the data carefully, it's like, you know, within a little bit, it starts dropping already. Right. I, mean, I think I saw an article about like it dropping off after even just a quarter of a year. Um, yeah. 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 I think so that's a question we had. If you, from... if you have one that lasts for three months, how useful will that really be? Well, this how many times do you have to reinject? a year. Yeah, but also you have to remember, okay, so with, with the capacity that we have now, we can make 1 billion vaccines, but it, let's say it only lasts a quarter of a year now. Oh, so right. So instead of basically then for a year, then it's like, where are we going there? How many people can get it, right? And then it's like you keep cutting, like, and then you have to have, like I said, okay, oh, yeah, a single dose is not working. And the basically what you call prime boost, which is basically you take one vaccine, start the immune system, and you take a second one to make to boost it. Right, so right, right. That you frequently need the booster to get enough of, enough of an immune response, mm-hmm. and 
you know, if you do the prime boost, then how many boosts do you need? For example, like that, if you look at that hepatitis B vaccine, you have to inject three times hmm. for you to get sufficient immunity. So, so that's why I'm thinking that the BioNTech is better than the than the um, from the data that I've seen. Like it looks better than the Moderna one. You require much less material, you know. So then it's like you can have more doses mm. or limited so, capacity. So this is also not good news. Hmm? Yeah, no, this is. Oh, a, I think this, this is the. I, I would not say this is not good news. This is the way it is. I'm sure somebody's building a factory or something like that. I mean, right. Bill Gates said he would actually. They're building a bunch of factories to do the different things. So is there? Is there? Um, do you, have you heard of anything that's going to be better than these two? Well, there's a, the other the prominent one that's kind of far along is the Oxford one. Mm-hmm. So Oxford, the Oxford had, they have a fundamentally different design. That is basically a viral vector as an adenovirus, a chimp adenovirus that carries this, the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. And that one is like that. Um, so I would say that one is not, is basically is very, very similar to one that worked well for Ebola. So the first Ebola vaccine that worked well is based on a different adenovirus, adenovirus 26. And that one is done by another company and by a government organization called BARDA. BARDA together with Janssen are making the AD26, which is a basically exa- almost exact copy of the, of the vaccine for Ebola. And then Oxford has a similar one that we're building for MERS and they changed the MERS vaccine into a, into a SARS-CoV-2 vaccine and that's what they're testing. So they are having, I would say mixed. The thing is like uh, the one that worried me about the, you know, early on they showed that uh, when they gave the vaccine to um, monkeys, the, the Oxford vaccine, um, when they actually checked the swab of, I forgot, the throat or the nose of the, hmm. um, it's like the, anyway, so the, the amount of virus that you had with or without vaccine was the same. So it might protect you, but it might be not make you less contagious. So that's, Sounds like it's not working so well. So, uh, I got Go confused by that statement. So, like, it can protect you, but you'll still be infectious. Basically, like, yes, basically, like the the vaccine, for example, doesn't suppress the virus completely. It allows the virus to grow to an amount, to a certain amount, but it doesn't. You don't get sick from it, but but the virus is still there. Okay. And you can so still you could, you could you could give it to somebody else, hmm. but you have some partial immunity that allows you to feel kind of okay, mm-hmm. not get sick, but you can still be completely contagious to other people. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, it could be like it turned out to be like this kind of vaccine. So there are many outcomes of vaccines. There are vaccines mm-hmm. that can you know completely. Uh, the one ideally that you want is that protects you completely. It stops mm-hmm. the virus track. Uh, the debt, you, you don't get anything and you also don't transmit anything and it works 100% of the time. But you can everything, you have the vaccine that doesn't work at all, that you inject and makes you actually more sick 
and actually increase the amount of virus. That also exists. These are failed vaccines, of course, but it, it yeah. also can have that outcome. Yeah. And you can have everything in between. So what, what the scenario that I explained to you is sort of somewhere in between where the, the animal is sort of protected, doesn't get, doesn't get very sick, but it's still producing virus enough to infect somebody else. You know, um, last month, I think it was the last time we talked, we, we talked about, or one of the times that we talked, we talked about the salt, uh, about salts polio vaccine. And when, you know, they were, I think they were producing, there, there was one manufacturer that was when they were producing the vaccine kind of, you know, fucked up and, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's like that when they uh, basically the, there there are incidents where people fail to inactivate the, the right. virus, and uh, then when you try to make a kill vaccine, you didn't kill it, and then yeah. you just basically make somebody else sick. Is that still a possibility in this modern world? Mm, I think much less likely, but that really depends on. I mean, the truth is, like anything that you make, some human can mess it up. <laughs> Right? right, it's like there, there's virtually nothing that you could make that somebody could actually mess it up somehow, right? Mm. That's like that's that's again human nature, right? right. <laughs> right. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's why you put, you know, that's why you put process, processes in place, and you you generate you basically you build systems to try to ward off against these kind of things. Right. But for example. I, uh, in the in the case of SARS-CoV-2, the Chinese CDC built the system, you know that, you know that will give them early warning of any kind of respiratory disease and you know new emerging infectious disease, but the local governments basically because they're afraid of causing trouble and and rocking the boat. They actually made the doctors not be able to report through that system without approval. So in the end, that became useless, although the Chinese CDC had built the system. And then it's like, and because the local people are afraid of trouble and then override this entire system, so made the system completely useless. So they actually spent a lot of money to build up the system. But then the local governments, because of their political concerns or, you know, to look bad, you know, and they, to lose space, and they, you know, ended up making it completely not work and making things like, wow, you know, much worse. Worse. So, I've heard, I've been hearing, just a, maybe in the last one week, that uh, let's just say something comes out in November, right? That, that's one of the dates I hear, or uh, the months I hear November. Let's just say something comes out. Would you take it? Um... <laughs> Do you have confidence enough where uh, you're willing to be, uh, you know, among well, the public to to take it uh, in the beginning? Well, the the thing is like, I mean, it depends what what the data says. I would say mm. it depends how. So you it, you wouldn't just blindly go, yeah, it's out. I'm getting one, and I'm going to no, take it. No, actually, you, actually, you wouldn't do it. Actually, you could go now and get onto the Moderna trial really easy. Oh, I don't, I'm not saying trial. I'm just saying once it goes to market. Yeah, but there's you know, no difference between the trial. Vaccine and the actual one is going to come out. There's not. No, wouldn't oh, it? Won't they? Identical. It? What, what if it hurts a bunch of people? They're not going to release it, right? Yeah, if it if it hurts a bunch of people, they're not going to release it. But but if it works, it's going to be identical to the stuff that they're giving people now. 
I see. What is the, um, like, is that obviously, like, you know, it's never, no vaccine is 100%, right? No, no there are vaccines 100%. Anyway. Oh, there are? Yeah. Okay. I, I, but, like, is Like chicken pox or whatever? Or like, or... for example, the old smallpox vaccine. I mean, yeah. that was, like, that was so 100%. That is, like, that the disease di- disappeared from Earth. Right. So the last case was 1978, and that was basically the smallpox eradication program declared the the disease extinct. It's like the disease was, I think, extinct in uh, 1978, and I think the last case was in 1979 in a lab by accident. That oh, that's the accident the one. The, the, the reporter, yeah, killed the reporter. Yeah, yeah. I think we mentioned we talked yeah. about that, but yeah, it's a while ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. do you think that the well, with this kind of virus, with a with this COVID nineteen coronavirus, like could it is it like like are the labs actually shooting for a hundred percent effective uh, effectiveness, or like are they just kind of hoping like oh if we could get eighty percent that'll be perfect? No, actually, everybody goes for hundred percent and then comes short. <laughs> that's basically how it works it's like you try to go you know you try to hit that home run and then mm-hmm. you maybe get a first base <laughs> right you don't know what you're gonna get right but I what mean, would like for it to be released to the public what how, how how successful does it have to be that's that's sort of a semi-political decision from a scientific standpoint it's like if it actually like if, if it works you could actually release it so for example that there's something called B, a BCG vaccine that was initially for tuberculosis. It was not so effective, but at a population level, people thought it helped. So they gave it to, in a whole bunch of countries, they gave it to, to a bunch of people. But what people seem to be seeing now is that B, that BCG vaccine seems to protect people against COVID. Mm. So the, it seems that like whichever country was giving the BCG vaccine, you see less people dying from COVID. Mm. Oh, it was not intended for that at all because you couldn't intend for it because that you didn't know this virus existed. But you, they were trying to get use it for TB, and then there is some indication that is like that actually works for COVID or changes the immune system in a way that makes you less likely to die from it. Hmm. So, how concerned should we be about new strains of COVID? Uh, not not COVID nineteen, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like we hear about it. Oh, there's one that's. In pigs now in China or something like oh, that. No, no, right? that's the flu. That was a, hear about... There was a paper and the proceedings on National Academy of Sciences from this guy George Gao. I think he was one of the authors. But I don't know if he was the last author. But anyway, the from China they actually have a, a strain of flu that's circulating in pigs that has like pandemic potential. So that is sitting around. It's circulating. It's just a basically. It's kind of a heads up. You should watch out for that. You know, if, it, if this gets up. But it's going it's, to, it's, you know, whether ultimately will actually become, you know, really severe that, you don't know. I mean, in the grander scheme of things, I think, you know, a lot of people see that this COVID-19, this is sort of the warm up. This is like your warning. This is fair warning for you to get ready for something that, you know, right now COVID, we think maybe, okay, it's maybe like 1% lethal, 
or two percent lethal in that range. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you get something that behaves like this, but is like 40 percent lethal, just imagine what that would do. Oh, that's the population control you've been talking about, Luke. Oh, it is the problem. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping and praying for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So, you know, one of the the questions um, that comes to mind sometimes is the fact that like this virus is affecting people in so many different ways. Like, you know, there was the okay. uh, Nick Cardera um, case, the op- the the Broadway. Uh, performer, oh. you know, who mm. like was generally yeah. healthy and young and, yeah. like, you know, went through like four months of a coma and then eventually di- like had his legs amputated and, and died. Yeah. Um, like, has there been any like insight into why it affects certain people, you know, much more dramatically than others? Well, well people are just starting to find out what the factors are. So for, for example, um, what the one that's like clearly the people have shown now is the blood type. So oh, you're like blood a, type blood. is a thing. Yeah, yeah. So at, so multiple people have seen this and uh, seem to be, you know, multi. You know, if you have the A blood type, then you're probably going to have a more severe disease. And if fuck. you have the O blood type, you're going to have a more more chances of having a mild disease. Right. I'm, I'm, I know I'm A, so, you know. All right. Yeah. Yikes. Wear your mask. Oh, I do. I, I do. <laughs> but like, but like, there's this, like the, the different ailments just kind of spread across the entire yeah. gamut of like, you know. Yeah. I think it's like one, one, one good thing that like we, we know how to treat this a lot better. So people are intubating a lot less. They're putting people on a ventilator a lot less and seems to be a lot less people are dying because of that. So now it's like basically like early on, maybe <clears throat> just using the normal criteria to put the intubating people was actually probably killing people. Mm. Oh no! Oh so, yeah. So the basically, you know, you didn't know. It's like this is basically like that. For when we actually had the the when I initially told people, you know, in, in clinical practice about the happy hypoxics, is people who was basically their their um, <clears throat> their blood oxygen saturation levels were extremely low. So normally, if you're like 93 and below, then you need help. You need to get on oxygen. And if you're like normal, like normal person, you'll be like 96 to 99% saturated. So if you're 93 and below, then you definitely need to go to the hospital and get, you know, supplemental oxygen and stuff like that. So you're saying people died unnecessarily probably by a wrong treatment? Yeah. Wow, how many? Huh? Like tons? Because um, I mean, New York had a lot of deaths, right? Yeah, but it's yeah. like you had like, and that was well, early on. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, but but this oh, is. I mean, it's not. It's basically this is this is uh, part of it. Is also like you don't know what you're doing. You're trying. You're using what you call a standard of care, and the, the rules that people made based on all the experience of all the things. If people's oxygen goes that, that low, this is the thing that you're supposed to treat based on all your previous experience. But the problem is like this disease is different from the previous experience. So then if you do the same thing that you had because you didn't know better and you couldn't possibly know, 
then you treat it like the way you treated this, you know, low oxygen condition, this hypoxia, and then ends up people, more people dying. So as, as people have keep experience and learning new things, they keep adjusting it to, for better outcomes. Sure. And that's why, you know, although our cases are through the roof right now in, in LA or San Diego, the the number of deaths is kind of a little bit more than what we had at the beginning, but not much more. Although the cases are much more, right? So yeah. So what do you think about like um, uh, kind of a separate question, but well, it's not uh, only they, that, but anyway, uh, it was not all. It's it's part of it is like we we became better, but part of it is also that it seems like a lot younger people are getting infected. Right. And that, do you, I mean, they don't want to say it's from protests, but do you think that's from protests? Well, there is, <laughs> I, I think there, I think there is evidence in certain places, for example, in LA that yeah. the protests seem to have contributed in New York. Apparently there is not much evidence from the numbers when you actually look mm-hmm. at the numbers of people and in LA, you'll find a lot of people who have a history of protests or, or one or or one of times before, like that, like that, that actually had. There were some, basically, they were not in protest, but like they, they are in the same household as somebody who was at a protest. Right. So yeah, so I think the protests in certain places, it depends how they were held, right? Right. So, Weren't you telling me that, like you, uh, Eric, that you had friends who participated in the demonstrations, and, <laughs> and like after the demonstra- after where. Yeah. They wore masks and everyone, they said that everyone they knew and saw wore masks. But then afterwards they went to, since the bars were open, they went to a bar and drank without masks. Right. <laughs> and so they basically were safe during the day, but very unsafe at night. And yeah. uh, so maybe that's know. where things went wrong. You know, I mean, there was this case of uh, these two hairdressers in Missouri, I think it was, right. that they had 129 customers and they wore masks and then, uh, they don't have any evidence that any of the 129 customers got sick. Oh, and they you were, said they were sick though. They were infected. They right? were infected. And then they actually had, they had basically, um, they, they were, they, they were basically, they, they got the test themselves. And then after getting the test, they were waiting for the test. And while they were waiting for the test results, they were still cutting people's hair. And then I think like 67 or so of them, were actually tested. Some of them refused, but they actually can see that nobody got sick from it. So, you know, probably they had 129 customers. Both of, both the customers and the hairdressers were wearing either surgical mask or three layer cotton masks, and um, and seems that nobody got sick. So that was published in Morbidity Mortality Weekly Report. This basically oh. is one of the CDC journals. Right, the great zine. And, uh, Basically, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they actually, they have, they have like two journals that are kind of prominent. What is this MMWR and the other one is emergence, emergent infectious diseases on new things that come up. Wow. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm curious about one of something came, I think I saw something on social media on Facebook or something like that. And that connected erectile dysfunction as a symptom of COVID-19. Is there any validity in that? Um, so, so I saw something early on 
but I don't know how credible it is. So I, what I saw early on is basically that um, young men who are recovered from it have this problem. And that's the, basically the people, yeah, I don't know exactly. I, I don't think it has been corroborated. I have not seen it on a, any journal yet. But yeah, I've heard this thing and I've seen it in the early reports. But I think it's like, also like the things that, in, in early in the epidemic, a lot of data and reports came out of China. And that seems to have kind of um, disappeared. So a lot of this data that people had early on seems to have like, you know, they didn't report anymore. But I mean, the West has by far exceeded the number of cases they have. But the thing is like, at least early on, like except in Wuhan itself, all the all the healthcare systems in China, they were documenting things really, really well. Mm. Wow. So, I mean, if you're overwhelmed, it's very difficult for you to worry about documenting things. You have to take care of things right. that are urgent that moment first. Right. But yeah, you're not going to like write down like, and he had an erection this morning. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Or he didn't have an erection this morning. Right. Porn, porn was on twenty four seven in his room. What the hell? On the monitors, and yet he was not stimulated. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, COVID nineteen. Wow. Um, so so I don't, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I would not say that. That's like that has been. I mean, I've seen the the things, uh, but I don't. I would not say that's on solid footing. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would put it in the rumor category. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. So, what do you think about like uh, so? There, I've I've heard what is it, 150 doctors or scientists or something said something about there needs to be a restart of well, re shutting down everything. I, I read that in the last what one week, maybe a week ago, well, they mentioned that, and there should be just a harsh shutdown. And I'm thinking, wow, is that is there any merit to that, or is that just well, kind of impossible? Well, the numbers that we have, I think that's a kind of a reasonable thing to ask. The 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 problem is, I mean the way you're supposed to manage this at this stage is that you want to, the way you want to manage it is like this. You, you have small enough number of cases that you can do contact tracing, see everybody who has like, you can test people quickly and figure out if somebody has the disease or doesn't have the disease or they're infectious or not. If they're infectious, you put them in quarantine, but then you do the contact tracing to figure out everybody who's been in contact with this person and then test all those people and if they have, um, if they have any, um, if they're positive for disease, then you, then you uh, quarantine them too. And you prophylactically quarantine them and take like, because the test is not 100% accurate, actually is not so accurate. You have to yeah. maybe test like twice to be reasonably confident. So then it's like we said, you, you quarantine the person, you test them and another a day later, you test them again. And then see if it's uh, if the test is consistent. So, you know, in this way, you could actually manage things really well. I mean, that's ideally what you want to do. And th- if you do this, then you know, in an ideal world, this would work, and then uh, you don't have to shut down. But you have to basically play whack a mole with the disease. But you can only play whack a mole if you have a Testing. small number of cases and. You have testing and you have a crew, you know, a team that does the testing and the crew that does the contact tracing. 
and it's basically how many cases a day can you manage. So you to trace people back is going to take more than one a day, right? So it's basically that you do says, okay, I have to figure out the contacts. I'm going to call this person. I'm going to interview this person and, and then test the other person. So right. for every contact tracing that you do, you need more than the number of contacts in terms of contact tracers, roughly speaking. Right. And that's impossible. So, I mean. And then there's people you, refusing, right? There, yeah. There's a, people that are refusing. They're yeah, like, I'm not right. going to tell you. Yeah. Right, you were just uh, just with the yeah. example of the hairdressers and the oh, the some refuse. Yeah, the people who refuse uh, the testing because they are protecting their rights. Yeah, but anyway, so <laughs> the thing is, like, basically, like, if we had if we had let's say about 100, 150 cases per day in LA, and the and the county public health department hired maybe a thousand people to a team of a thousand people to manage this thing. I think they could manage, you know, 150, 200 cases a day, right? right? But if you have, you know, if you have a daily number of 5,000 and you have 1,000 concerts, they're going to be behind every day. And then yeah. the, the amount they're going to be behind is going to be greater and greater every day. And, and then testing so, it too is what results yeah, in exactly. So then it's Yeah, exactly. So then yeah, everything so, gets delayed and then you cannot do so anything. So you have seven, seven days of contact tracing at least from when you tested you know, because you you're still going doing stuff probably. So yeah. So anyway, so so the, those are the, the things like so that's that's how you manage something like this, right? Right. It's like if you don't, if you if the numbers become too big, then you cannot possibly do the contact tracing in a useful way. That's it. Either the delay of the testing, or either the and also the number of cases is so great that you cannot never caught you can never be caught up with work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's like if you actually do the shutdown, the hard lockdown, and then the numbers drop to the level that your contact tracing can manage. But that's basically what you should have done, right? You if you do the lockdown, while you're doing the lockdown, you organize your infrastructure so you actually increase your contact tracing and your testing to the level that if it picks up, I can still manage. Right. So my I mean, I, I can see shutting down harshly. I mean, I would be in favor of that only because testing is so like messed up right now. And I don't know why, but testing seems like it takes a week for, you know what I mean? You're not getting results soon. It's, it's a long time. So I'm thinking the safest thing is to just shut down, right? That's, that's the only <laughs> response. Yeah, unless you can, I mean, like, if you yeah. can get, if you can get results faster, but they cannot, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's almost no point to testing in some ways. Well, so there's a study that shows that if you test uh, once a week, you know, it actually kind of, uh, you can reduce the numbers even if you, with all the misses that you actually have. But if you test like once every two weeks, then it's almost as bad as not testing because it becomes an also in part, like if the, if the, if the test results come delayed, it becomes not actionable anymore. Yeah. So it's, basically, too late. it's not actionable information. Because the time that you're infectious is that week and a half after, you know, for most people, not for everybody. And some people are like for weeks and stuff like that. But for like, let's say for the majority of people, it's going to be like, you know, in the 10 days plus range. So you're not cutting down anything if you come back two weeks later with a result. Right. So. Bummer. So anyway. <laughs> I mean, is it possible to develop like a home testing kit for something like 
the coronavirus because I yeah I, that would like be very helpful in this so, um so there's a company called Sherlock Therapeutics they actually are coming up with a test They're basically you take let's say saliva put a drop on this thing and then you add three drops of stuff and then um, you wait and then it's kind of like the pregnancy test you see like one stripe or two stripes if you see two stripes then means that you know that uh, that you're positive or something like that. so there's a there this that's being developed it's called sherlock yeah wow that's like a great sherlock name Holmes. Yeah. yeah like no but shit sherlock that technology yeah. yeah that technology is called like sherlock wow yeah how far away are they from it being an actual product that we can be able to buy from a cvs uh I think, I mean, that's, that's, I think it could be like pretty soon. I think it's like they, I think they run into the production certification, those kind of things. But I think in itself, the technology, I think like it's pretty sound. I don't know in the timeline. So that one, that one is not super fast, but it's point of care. So basically anybody can do it at home kind of thing. Right. Right. I am bring your tests with you to events. Like, look, I'm, or do the test in front of people. Yeah. Well, probably it take. I think I think it takes like an hour or so to or more. That's acceptable. That's but acceptable. It's. Right? A, I mean, it's much faster than you waiting for a week for things to. Right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Even if it's like not exactly perfect, if it just gives you a general idea, like you know. Well, I think it's like if it if it if it the thing is like um, in this so there. In science, they actually have like two types of errors. One is the error that is basically a false negative, mm-hmm. in a, something that where you actually had something, but mm-hmm. then it came out as negative as you were clean. Right. And there's the other one, the false positive, where you actually had nothing, but it comes as a positive result. In this disease, you care about the false negatives. The false positives, you don't care so much. Okay, so so somebody came with positive. Yes, you get inconvenience that you have to quarantine when you actually were not sick. Right. But not much damage has been done compared to you missed somebody and that person is still spreading the virus around. Right. So right. you care about the false negative. You don't care so much about the false positive. False positives. Yeah. Right. Right. So t- today, uh, was it today? I think, or maybe it was yesterday. I read something about uh, people who could spread, who could spread it. And they, they put an age at like anyone over nine years old. Why would they do that? I think I read that today. So, so, like, so an eight an eight year old can't spread it, or a seven year old can't. No, okay. The, I think it's like that data is not so. So anyway, so I, I, I read a that lot, today. A lot. So there's been a lot of. So this is sort of related to the to the early finding that kids don't seem to get very sick. So that the assumption is like, okay, if they don't get sick, maybe they don't have much virus, and they maybe they don't spread. And people just started. Okay, so let's say we're gonna we're gonna see. So there was an Israeli study, and then there was I think a Danish study. I forgot. There was a couple studies, but what so the studies basically saying how how many times do you actually see children infect somebody else, or children infect each other? And then the way the studies are done is basically um, the especially the one in Israel had they did it in and basically in families under lockdown conditions and see if children were infecting or getting infected. So, but the children are not infected in the first place. So the sequence where you actually go to do the studies, like, okay, 
we find a person who's sick, we're going to test that person. And if they find a person that's like sick and test that person, the rest become positive, then you go again and then test the rest of the family to see if they're positive. But if, the, if you actually look at the time, timeline of this whole thing, the kids maybe by the time that you test, go around and test the other person has already been recovered or recovered substantially. So give you a false, it's possibly it gives you a false negative. The kid was mm-hmm. sick before, but by the time you test, the kid already recovered. So then it's like that. And this is kind of a lockdown condition. And these are all like uh, basically, um, you basically, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, conservative Jews, which had really large families and everybody lives in the same household. So, you know, that's, that's the setting where they were done. And it was already done in a setting where people already in lockdown. So the kids were already not going to school. So they couldn't infect each other. So, so this, this study led a lot of people say, oh, their children maybe appear less infections. But because of the reason that I told you, you cannot be sure that the children are not infected. But in general, the, it seems to be that children that are like nine years above because they tested explicitly nine years above seem to infect pretty much as much as the adults. I mean, it could be like 40% or 30% of the adult. But in terms of things that we care about, like tenfold or a hundredfold, you know, 40% is like nothing. In virology, many times, you know, if it's not like threefold to fivefold, people just don't believe. People consider threefold or fivefold a weak effect. Wow. No, the strong effects are like tenfold, hundredfold, stuff like that. So, what about school then? Well, <laughs> do you, do you... School is a problem, right? So, I think it's yeah, like. Yeah. I mean, but isn't that. It just seems odd that there's a discussion when uh, more than likely it can run rampant there at a school, right? That's yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think kids are a little more out of control, even if they're supposed to wear masks, they're not. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're going to do chin masks and they're going to put masks on their head and pretend it's an underwear and do all kinds of weird shit. And then they're, uh, <laughs> well, I, they're, they're probably like the kids like go, who go back home yeah, uh, with masks that were not their own. Yeah. Because mm. they like the mask of their friends and they swapped. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. you know, so, see that yeah so that's a you know well that's that's the thing is like i mean there there i I saw things that people sent me and there's basically you know obviously measures that are putting in schools that are really really cosmetic and it makes it is is basically to for people to feel better but in terms of a lot of effectiveness i think is like no effectiveness whatsoever but it's basically around the desks I saw like people installing like clear plexi like shields. Well, that I think that I think that would actually help. But like for example, like saying things like, "Okay, children are not allowed to bring their own toys to school," so they, you know, right, like that, you know, or like they shouldn't be bringing that, toys to school anyway, or like uh, fuckers. Yeah, I mean <laughs> stuff no. like that. I mean like. They're, they're like measures that Leave are clearly the toys not. at home. Yeah, we're going to have the children wash their hands before class. Okay, and what happens during class? Or what is like, mm. you know, what is like, you know, and are you going to, you know, uh. you're not going to require them, you're going to make them wash their hands before class and then watch. You're still going to let them 
talk, not wear mask, whatsoever, you know. It's like since, since the mask has become sort of a political thing, people want to stay out of politics and say like, oh, we're not going to enforce wearing masks for the children. So then, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of a thing. And also like, so if you actually look in the places where, the, where schools have not significantly increased the, um, the, the infections, they're all places where the infection rate is really low to start with. I see. But that's like, so you cannot compare, oh, they were like, in Denmark, they are in Holland, they were really good at, you know, they opened the schools and nothing happened and stuff like that. Yes, but the baseline infection rate in the population was really, really low. So out of a thousand people, you probably only had one person or less than one person who could possibly carry to school. Well, um, I mean, I think the art. I mean, I think there's a lot of argument to be. There's an argument to be said about like dictating to all 50 states, right? Like you have like yeah. California, New York, yeah. um, Portland, Seattle. Like you have, yeah. the, you have the the West Coast states, which have you know like solid populations. But then you like say compare it to like a Wyoming uh, or a Montana or. You know, and like you, you, you should actually, I mean, the best way to manage these things is locally at the local level is like, depending on the situation in this place, but you have to have competent people do it at all places. It's just that you actually have, you know, you should adjust to the local conditions and then adjust to the local conditions, but in a smart way, you cannot actually like, so what works for one place doesn't work for the other place. For example, in Arizona, for example, where 30% of people who test are actually positive. Mm-hmm. And if you think that is, you know, not maybe, you know, in terms of the population that maybe at least 10% and you have class size or 30 in, on an average, you have a classroom where like two or three kids are infected. But who, what kind of people are, are taking tests? Like, I haven't taken a test yet. And a reason why I haven't taken a test is because I know I haven't participated. I mean, the riskiest behavior I've actually participated in is actually going to freaking giant robot, you know, and you know, drop off artwork or whatever. Like that, you know, so I don't feel like I'm in a position. Uh, I've never done anything to, you know, warrant. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I understand what you're saying, but it's like, I mean, if you actually think it's like, I mean, it's really hard. I mean, I think it's like that. That, um, yeah, it's it's really hard to know what your absolute risk because there could be just like one person who was hanging out a giant robot, who, who basically spread his stuff there, and then that stuff is circulating and by the AC or something like that. That could you know infect you. Sure, sure. And then you, you, you know, so it's really hard to know. But yeah, I say like cumulatively, the risk is low. Basically, you will be a low, low risk behavior person. So the probability a priori is like is is really low. But it does, but there's no guarantee. Right, it's no guarantee. Right. That, I mean, uh, what I'm saying is the people who are taking tests are people who know that I, I'm saying a majority of people who do take tests are likely people who know that they participated in some kind of risky behavior. Um, I don't think so. There, there's all kinds. Hmm. 
There's all kinds. So, for example, have you, have you have you taken a test? We don't have the test at work. Yeah, but you can go drive somewhere and go get it. Yeah, I, I, I could, but like, so you don't, because you feel like you're not sick, man. That's the same thing. You're, not, like, like, <laughs> you're like, I don't think like, I've done have anything. The availability, but yeah, I was you like, because like, I didn't go out, I didn't go to, you know, like I didn't go maskless to a supermarket, for example. So you know what I'm saying? Like, there's things like if I went, uh, if, if I went to, if I went to a meatpacking plant with no mask, I might take a test. But I've been, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I understand your, 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 like no one sneezed thinking. on me. But I, 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 basically I that's gonna... like, that's what, that's why you know, that's when you actually, uh, you know, that's when you, uh, that's when you actually see the percent of positive tests is like, is also related to, and also like how much of a hypochondriac you are, right? There's like, how much do you worry? You know, yeah. that's basically it. Right. And, and then there's like, but I mean, in this case, nobody's a hypochondriac because, you know, everybody is at some risk. Yeah. Um, so, okay, the people are allowed to do, like, maybe schools can be outside, right? They can do teaching outside, and they have restaurants with outdoor dining. Um, how safe is that? I mean, because now you have airflow, you know, people are still maybe I think six feet away. They say what, what, what is going to happen in winter or when the rainy season starts. Right. Well, then you can't do it outside. But, like, but... That's, that, that's not even the point right now. The point is yeah. that it's going on right now. Like, I remember, like, when I was on the West Side, like, Sujita, like, basically, people were pretty much sitting back to back, you know, you know, outdoors. I think it's like, you know, that we this is a big experiment. So that's an experiment still, you think? Because I wasn't sure like how safe that is. Because uh, this is a big experiment. Somebody should be keeping track of this. Somebody should be, you know, seeing like uh, basically how many infections you have. But I just don't know. And also that when it's busy, when the people who do the contact tracing, they should pro- they will probably know where. I just know for sure that like bars and restaurants are major sources of transmission in California right now. If you're inside, right? But like outdoor, I don't know whether it's inside know. or not. Really? Okay. So that's basically like that. Yeah, that's I haven't what, eaten out. I haven't eaten outside at all yet. Um, that, but, is, that is what was told to me by somebody who does this. Wow. For the Department of Health. Wow. But it's not like, yeah, it's not like. And also, it's going to be different in, in every place. So, in order for you to determine the risk, you have to have the numbers, the observations, and stuff like that. No uh, I don't think people are keeping track of that, though, right? Somebody should be tr- keeping track of yeah. it. I just, yeah. you know, the problem is like because out of privacy reasons, all a lot of these things, and because they don't want to out a particular restaurant, so I you see, just yeah. know it's a restaurant, but you know what the arrangement of that restaurant was, right? Sure, some of them are really packed. Just they're just outside, but they're pretty packed. Yeah, so yeah. it's like I and don't some know. some have like. It's almost like they're enclosed, but there's, you know what I'm saying? Like they're actually, it's like a tent. So there's actually some enclosure. So there's less air circulation. Yeah. And then, uh, and it's still outside, but they're kind of inside too. Uh, So what do you you call father's office, for example, right? Is that inside or outside? (laughs) I I guess that's still outside. Inside, half outside, but yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I I just look at it as every time there's a, a a rule set, people are finding ways to try to maximize their potential gains using those rules, right? So now they're yeah. putting yeah. more more dining outside, thinking, okay, now we're safe. We're gonna just sh- load tables outside, tons of yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at it going, I don't know if that's safe. I mean, sometimes, but I'm also seeing uh, tables of six non-family members, obviously, who are sitting t- together without masks and talking to each other and eating, right? So there's. I mean, that, I don't know how to. They're not. They're really close to each other. That, that I mean, 
This, I don't know. this is an experiment. Wow. Really, this is an experiment. We, well, gladly I'm not a lab rat. Think, we think this is, this is for sure it's better. Yeah. For sure it's better than indoors. But how low is the risk? I have no idea. Right. It's like, I mean, you know, I mean, time will tell. Somebody's going to have the data and then wow. we'll be able to tell. But right now, I don't know. But it's still based on droplets. Like that's food handling and all that stuff is there's your, your you've said earlier in the podcast that that's uh, seems yeah, to droplet. be low, low transmission through that. Yeah, right. Uh, I haven't seen any reports yeah. of, you know, food transmission. Well, cause if you go to a supermarket and you touch an orange and the person before you touch that orange and you bought it, take it home and eat it. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how, you know, is that, is that safe or is that, yeah, I don't know. It's like so. So based yeah. on the based on the biology of the virus, we know that the places where the virus grows really well is like in your nasal epithelium, yeah, throat, and stuff like that. So if the virus has to travel to one of these places and 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 sit down there in order to get the cells, in order to be, um, in order to start replicating and make many copies of itself, then it's like eating is not going to be a big factor because like it's going to be in your food. It's going to go to your stomach acid and so on. So there's like, I was told that there's a report that shows that one of the things that's associated, it doesn't mean that's causal, but it's associated as basically people taking anti-acids seems to get infected more. Wow. Oh. So, <laughs> so you take the Tums, you might get, because it's a, because maybe, maybe, like, maybe because, because one thing that yeah. can happen that we know happens for sure, like people have done this in cultured cells and, Something like a fake, like the organoids, which are like mini, mini organs of gut, and show that these can be infected really well by the SARS-CoV-2. You, you segued into a, a question that I had written down, and that is concerning fermented cabbage. And there was a report oh, that kimchi. came out yeah, with kimchi yeah. and sauerkraut, um, and how apparently, like you know, like whatever is in it, um, you know, reinforces. Oh the ACE2 enzyme or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I've I mean I I worked with this ACE2 for this uh for the for the for the virus. Mm-hmm. And I the more I look at it, the less I understand how it's actually how what ACE2 is doing. More ACE2 is worse or less ACE2 is worse and it's not really clear to me at all. Initially, people had a thought they had a clear idea, but this is actually really complicated. I have no idea in reality whether more or less ACE2, where and when is better or worse. It's like, I like I like kimchi, so um... yeah, and I like I like both pickled any. Pickled, <laughs> yeah, so go have your pickles. Like I mean, it's like it might not help you, but just eat it. Cause uh, you like eat it. it, you're gonna be happier, and if it helps you, it helps you. It's like you're not gonna you're not gonna hurt from it, right? Yeah. But like, you know, I, I think, you know, if you if you hear something is a little bit helpful, like it can encourage you to, you know, indulge in that, you know, pleasure more, right? Uh, like so, give I mean, me an extra helping of sauerkraut on my like, you know, hot dog or whatever. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> because then it might be too sour, you know, and you know, Hot dogs are kind of salty, so you want to cut that salt with a little bit of the sour, maybe, and you put ketchup if you want. Or well, you know. if you have the salt issues, like we know for sure that high blood pressure is bad. 
for you in general, but in it's general. particularly bad for, <laughs> for right. COVID. Well, uh, going back a little bit to the different symptoms um, with COVID-19, like, like let's say the Broadway um, guy, I mean, he had his legs amputated mm-hmm. and, was it like was that a result of the virus or was that a result of I think that was a I think that was a result of the virus causing uh these microclots and if you actually have something that clots inside one of your arteries or veins it's like having a stroke so then a certain I presumably a certain part of his leg you have this something a deep vein thrombosis or something like that and when you have occluded this thing, this part of your leg is not getting oxygen anymore. It's mm-hmm. not getting blood anymore. And it's going to die off. So once it starts dying off, you have to cut it off. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm. So it's probably that, uh, you know, without knowing detail, like, uh, but that will be uh, something that's consistent. Of course, you have to look at this medical record and see what actually happened. But mm-hmm. you can clearly see things that, and there are many reports of clotting related, blood clotting related issues complications related to COVID-19. So it definitely is causing some blood clotting issues. So it's How really- it's actually doing it exactly through the immune system or through it, I think that's, or the virus directly is not very clear, but it seems to be rather indirect, but it's definitely happening. It seems like there's a lot of permanent damage, right? That's one thing I hear on the news lately yep. is, is tons of permanent yeah, damage. I really, for those right now, like, how much of a permanent damage can we speak of? Because the, in the U.S., the earliest patients probably like February, right? So like we're like four months into it. What do we know is permanent and what is not permanent? Or what are the things that maybe that show up maybe six months or a year down the line? We don't know what's going to show up. We haven't had enough time to evaluate whether. But yeah, there's definitely things that people recover that don't quite recover. Right, and like there is like heart issues and circulatory issues that uh, that um, came up. Um, yeah. <clears throat> like young people were there, was, like maybe they were showing scarring or something like that. That you know, yeah, they have like uh, bruising. I don't know, like yeah. you know, around the heart and yeah. you know, uh, whatever, whatever that would be usually usually associated with people who had you know, like cardiac issues, you know, when they were all of, of older people or something like that. Yeah. So, mm. I don't know. You don't yeah. know? Gerald, are we going to be okay? <laughs> You're going to be okay, Eric. <laughs> well, let's see what happens with the vaccine in the next few months. We'll few see. months. Oh. More than that, right? Six months, maybe? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. So, so yeah, BioNTech was going to do a, a trial in Germany, but because there were not enough patients in Germany, they moved it to the United States. That's why oh, they're wow. with Pfizer. Oh, I see. Pfizer is running their, their clinical trial in the United States. Wow. Mm. And they said they would do oh. over 20,000 patients. Um, so are we going to be in this kind of same situation uh, for the next six months probably, would you say? Yeah. For the yeah. next six months, we're probably going to be uh, I think, and yeah, and you know, the hope is that you know that the vaccine works, but I think the vaccine is most likely not going to be very long lasting. But you might have something that will give you like partial protection for some time. So okay, how about uh, nine months from now? We're talking, you know, next April. Yeah, so next April, I would say that, you know, we're 
are are the Next numbers going to be the same? I think it's like maybe somebody's going to have a really good diagnostic that there's going to be an improvement in diagnostics. And also there's going to be improvement in drug cocktails. So then it's basically, if you can actually have that thing from Sherlock, you can know right away and then you can get a quick prescription of, you know, anti-COVID drugs. People are going to be having the flu at home, but they're not going to, they're not going to end up in the hospital. That's my hope. What do you th- so do you think and you think the amount of cases will be much lower by then? I mean, we can't predict that at all, but uh, you know, right 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 now we're pretty high, so I'm yeah. just wondering if is it, I don't, do, I you don't think, do you think it'll go do you think it'll go higher than what we have now? Yes. 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 I mean, damn it. That 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 thing that I remember, I was wondering if we were I thought we were maybe topping off right about now. I really doubt it. First, wow. we, right now we have the almost certainly the the summer the Fourth of July, that that Fourth of July now thing. Helping us, so but oh that, okay. Like, even with the, you know, if you look at the things that happened over the last couple of weeks in Arizona and Texas and in California, Flor- Florida, the E in Florida and and here, it's like even with the summer we're getting this. So just oh, imagine yeah. that, like, if we're, you know, slaughterhouse conditions and meatpacking plant conditions in the fall, in the winter, what thing is going to happen? Can you please help me understand why it is that viruses like COVID-19 influenza are so reactive in the winter versus the summer? Well, that seems to be that the transmission is better. First, the, 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 the virus is somewhat susceptible to, to sunlight. That's why outdoor is good. And also like, and also, depending on the, the relative humidity and the humidity that you actually have, either in some cases the virus dries out, the droplets will survive less. If the droplets get absorbed, so there are many possible things that can happen that you actually have. Basically, it's like what makes the virus survive in the, in the, in the environment for longer? And depending, that's basically why you actually see these seasonal things. So these viruses prefer colder environments. It's basically they they don't they don't die off so basically one thing that if you put the virus at i think 56 degrees it lasted for a few minutes if you put the virus at 4 degrees celsius i'm talking celsius degrees celsius so it's basically like um you know you know 120 or something like that the virus doesn't last very long Mm -hmm. a few minutes but if you keep it in 40 degrees and like 40 which is 40 degrees celsius the virus is essentially intact forever. Wait, four or 40? 40 Fahrenheit, four degrees Celsius. Okay. So like no, your refrigerator, your fridge, a very cold your refrigerator. Temperature. Okay. Your, your refrigerator temperature, the virus is essentially doesn't die. Right. Oh. So basically, you just only add. Every time this shows up, it just stays there. Right. And people saw this already, like in the early in the epidemic, people saw the ski resorts were like really hot spots of of like spreading one other question the name COVID-19 that is for the virus no right? COVID-19 is for the disease the disease so the ailment that yeah. you get SARS-CoV-2 is the virus okay right. yeah so SARS-Coronavirus-2 right or coronavirus disease 19 because that's when it first started okay so if I got six 
I would have COVID-19 and that I got from SARS-CoV-2. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Got it. All right. Because I, I, now you know. Now you know the difference. Yeah, yeah it's going to help. I wasn't sure if you want to use it correctly. It's it's yeah. so easy to just kind of refer to the virus as COVID nineteen. Well, same thing uh, happened. Like, uh, is, is, same thing happened with AIDS, thing with AIDS, AIDS and, and HIV. Yeah. HIV and AIDS, right? It was right. kind of like interchangeable. Right. Yeah. I, I need. But, you, you know, yeah. You don't. Yeah, but you want either. Virus is HIV. Right. COVID nineteen yeah. virus is SARS CoV two. And all of it, you want neither. You want none of those. Yeah, things. you want none of that yeah. shit. Yeah. So. I don't care what it's called. I don't want any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can you imagine it's like if we have like a, a Comic-Con in the winter? Oh, it's called D-Con. Yeah, it's yeah. called D-Con. <laughs> yeah, it's called Designer-Con. <laughs> I have a feeling it's probably that's probably going to be shut down. So we'll see. And, and plus it's all hot in there. Oh, they have air conditioning, though. Let's make it nice and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you also have to see whether your air conditioning is recirculating or non-recirculating. Oh, recirculating because, you know, why not? All right, you gotta, it's got to be efficient. Yeah, it's got to be efficient. Recirculate that shit. <laughs> it'll, it'll be like that Korean call center that we talked about last time. Wow. Or it, basically it's, oops, sorry, I pushed the recirculating air. Oh, I left it on all day. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Ben's going to be like, oh, why'd you do that? And yeah. the dude's... <laughs> He's yeah. gonna be like, "Oh, you're fired." Oh, anyway, oh, man, yeah, it's yeah, a tough so, one. Yeah, so, so basically, oh. humidity and temperature is what affects the virus spreading. So, wait, humidity is humidity. Well, you want heat. You want low humidity, low humidity, yeah. low humidity, oh, yeah. and low temperature because you want droplets to evaporate, basically, right? Well, that too, right? It's I like mean, also the formation of the droplets. If it's like really high humidity, the droplets become hit like another droplet of basically a water. It becomes bigger and bigger, and it falls down. Oh, I see. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Whoa, 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 yeah. Wait, wait, uh, you lost me there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine you have a little droplet, right? Right. So you, the droplet can, you know, basically what makes it so that people can make up any kind of story of how this could actually turn out. But one way that, for example, droplets, if they, if the droplet becomes big enough, becomes like rain, right? Like rain in a cloud, yeah, it falls down. And why, when do you actually have rain? Because the... So we want it, less humidity or more humidity? It's, it depends on the relationship. Mm-hmm. So there's a, basically, the, the relationship is not a straight relationship. It depends on the conditions. So depending on the temperature, the humidity... Like Florida humidity. Like let's let's talk about Florida where there it's going crazy or Mississippi for um, humidity where it's like sticky hot, <laughs> right? Like so yeah, I have to I, I yeah I have to look up the curve especially that was worked out for influenza. Right. But it's basically like you actually have to have the the humidity temperature relationship is not always the same for transmission. So the relationship of uh, sometimes a certain combination, but generally speaking. In temperate areas, you know, low humidity, low temperature, more spreading. Like California in the winter. Yeah, exactly. But then it's like, if you go to the tropics, like Singapore, for example, then the relationship is different. 
where it's like a hundred percent humidity and it is constantly the constant temperature. So yeah, in those cases, maybe like I forgot it's like it was different. I have to, I have to look it up again. Wow. So I think the United Arab Emirates was one hundred twenty-five degrees today. They got a beat then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you have you have the sun. So yeah, actually, like in the yeah the the virus in the sun is that has a half-life of 1.5 minutes. So it means like in every minute that, every 1.5 minutes, the virus goes down by 50%. Mm. So sunlight is bad for the virus. Wow. Do you think, um, I mean, is it for a place like a call center, can they actually, so this is kind of a question that came through from Nate Bond. But uh, yeah, I think the same question would be, can they retro, can they fix their air conditioners? I mean, yeah. is, is that, does, has that been proven to work? No, but I, I think like people have to, I have, I mean, people now understand how this works. Like for example, but I mean, that, you know, you, you get a HEPA f- filter, whatever it is. And then yeah, uh, you get a HEPA filter, you get a HEPA what's this, filter. UV, in one direction. There's some UV light thing or something, right? There's the UV. I don't know. Is that, is that real? Yeah, that would work too. Yeah. But normally you apply that on your, on your filter or the stuff yeah. that gets on your filter you sterilize but the stuff that doesn't get trapped on your filter is just still flying around but if you also have the the circulating air only pass one pass air you're definitely going to be much safer because it's like okay the virus is there your chances of finding it from being released until it's gone is only one time that you have a chance to encounter it whereas basically if it's recirculating every virus has multiple chances to encountering the person Right. So you can put a filter in, which would help. But at the same time, most most air conditioners have an in- intake that's inside, right? So that it's sucking air from inside. It goes through. Uh, it makes it cold and Maybe, comes back uh, out, right? That's that's kind of how most air conditioners work. Some are outside, right? They take air from outside and push it in. Yeah. But some are actually taking air from inside and, you know, it, yeah. so it comes back the, in. So depends yeah. on the recirculation that you have. Yeah. That's basically, yeah. Most, I think most, yeah. Well, most I mean, it, 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 most it, it, have an intake. It depends, it depends on the, whichever setup you have. It's like that's right. going to be completely depending on the setup that you have. Right. Okay. I, I've got, I think I've got one last question myself, and that is masks. Like, I don't, I'm not out very often. Like, I'm usually out to go buy groceries maybe once a week, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, I have like a stack of mat- surgical masks, surgical style masks mm-hmm. in my car, but mm-hmm. I constantly find myself grabbing the one that I wore the previous time and just throwing it on and going into mm-hmm. the supermarket. Am mm-hmm. I spelling doom for myself with that, or is probably that a- you know probably not? It depends on how also how you handle the mask. So basically, like. And also, like, if you leave it on your dashboard, it's going to be exposed to the sun or something like that. Then mm. maybe that, that is also a factor. But <coughs> you, should definitely, you should actually get definitely change the mask out because the masks, most of the masks are made of plastic. Mm. So the filtration is through a fine mesh plastic sheet. Right. And if you actually feel that it's, like, it's a little bit too easy to breathe through it, that means it's not filtering anymore. It's like degraded. So basically you want something that filters better. Mm-hmm. So if something is like too, uh, you, if you notice a change in the, yeah, you want one to 
So basically, double bag it. That's that's all. <laughs> you, know? you want extra protection? Double bag. Yeah, that, that that in principle works, but you know, yeah, things like the yeah, you 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 can also you know recycle your masks in the sense that okay, you use your mask and then it's basically you leave it there for three days and then use it again after three days. I think right. that's yeah. I think that's a reasonable way to deal with it too. I saw an interview with the uh, the creator of the N95 mask, and sure. he was saying, you know, if, um, if you have to reuse the mask, it's good to get like seven masks and ha- switch them out every day. Yeah, yep. um, keep them like in the the best way to clean the mask is to is through light heat. Yeah, you know, um, yep. keep like like kicking back in your oven. Where there's a pilot light, you know, that's keeping that. Yeah, the there was a Stanford, there was a Stanford test um, early on that tried to address that, and they actually tested different ways to sterilize. Rice and, cooker. So, yeah, the, that was a Taiwanese way, the rice cooker, but that doesn't work for surgical masks because it actually melts them. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So for the N95 and stuff like that, yeah. What what works with the N95 and the surgical mask is not the same, mm. right? Huh. And also, you have to see which actually design and material they made it from. So there's mm-hmm. like a fair, you know, a fairly big spread of designs and materials. So you actually have to, but and especially with the N95 mask. It, the way they test whether the mask is intact or not is basically they actually do whatever sterilization they do and then they test test how much back pressure there is. So it's still filtering. There should be some kind of back pressure. So the how hard do you have to push for the air to to go through? If it's, if it's compromised, then it becomes much easier to push the air through. Mm. So how how hard or how easy it is to breathe in it you can have a good sense of whether the mass is intact. If it becomes suddenly very, very easy, then you know, okay, this is no good anymore. Wow. Man. I've never had an N95. It's never come up. I've, I've had them, or I have them. Yeah, Eric has them. Yeah. I don't want to take his, his, his secrets. No, you could you could order some. I mean, you could order them online. I, I really like the, the those other, like KN95s. Yeah, those. Are those good? Those are good, right? Yeah, those are very. Those are good. Yeah. And comfortable. You can buy those. They're cheap. Yeah, you those are. Those them. actually like the the KN95 is basically a Chinese standard. It's not like an American standard. Oh, is, I, it, is that is that good or bad? I think it's it less the, strict, but it's actually it actually does filter, and it's like and cool. it, it it actually seals pretty well. You can yeah. feel the pressure when you. Actually, you could buy those, Luke. They're like you could buy like ten for twenty bucks type of thing. Mm. Yeah, protect yourself. Mm. Yeah, I'll give you twenty bucks. I'll give you the twenty bucks. Protect yourself. I still have a, a shit ton of like you know surgical masks that yeah. I, I, I I I use the KN95 mask when I go to places that are like higher density people or higher risk like thing. Yep. I do too. Grocery the grocery shop or something like that. I use the yep. KN95. That's what I I like, do the same. I go to the if I go to the lab where we keep like really low density of people, I use mostly the surgical mask. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I have the same thing. I, I've got the N95 for the, those dangerous moments, you know, yeah. post office, uh, supermarkets. Yeah. I put, I put Don't go the to the movie theater even if they open it. Fuck that. <laughs> I, 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 the only enclosed spaces I'm going is a supermarket. But 
Yeah, I don't recommend the movie theater. Ah, oh, sounds Even bad. Even if AMC opens, you know, they say they open this this month. I would. They said July right? Right now, they're literally trying to open theaters this month. I hope. I think the AMC said they want to open July thirtieth, like this week. Wow. Wow. With our numbers going that's not, up. That's not happening, man. That's not happening. I can't That's imagine. not happening. I mean, maybe like, Probably not in California, I think. Like, I think that the government is not gonna government is not gonna allow them. Horrible. No. I would think. Horrible. Anyway, so we got a ton of bad news today from Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't I, I, I see very small well, small yeah. fine rays of hope. I mean <laughs> so fine. Okay. It's the same. My, Plus every time. everything that's okay. good is is actually shitty. There's an, a shitty undertone to everything. But pickled cabbage does not work. Um, the medicines that are come out are going to be really short lasting. You're going to need no, to no, take no, it no, later. no, no. I, I'm not saying that is it is. I'm I'm just saying that probably there's a chance that uh, that happens. But well, so they're already far, saying they're already saying six months, and that that's not good. That's what the they're hoping. Is you might and, not that, and they're hoping boner for. pills after you get coronavirus. Or you will. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, hold on. This, this is the thing. Okay. The, the vaccine issue is basically that I'm, I'm hoping it works. But, you know, I'm just also giving you, like, what the precedent is. What is the, what is the history on all the previous experience with all the other coronaviruses that we've seen? What, what does it tell us? So Not good. Nothing maybe, good, man. But, but it's like, but the good news is, like, it hasn't failed yet. It hasn't failed yet. It could have well, failed you mean, already. You mean the coronavirus hasn't failed? No, the, that thing's very powerful. Vaccine, they, well, it has it, not it failed. Have, it, the, the vaccine could have not worked at all. Oh, I see. It's you know, it could have gotcha. failed already. Oh, it hasn't failed yet, which is already good news. Oh, I gotta check to my door. Hold on. Go ahead. Right. Talk amongst yourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, he's got a, he's got a package. Some Gundams are coming. But uh, anyways, no man, I was um, yeah, nothing. It's. I don't see any, uh, you know, because even we the the ninth nine month projection of yours still uh, talks about COVID being around. Oh yeah, uh, so that it's gonna be for a while, yeah. and that means uh, next year's Olympics probably could happen with no audience or no crowd, right? They, they could do the bubble, right? They you know the bubble they call NBA no, no, bubble. Oh, I don't know. The Olympics sounds like a really difficult logistical nightmare because, for example, okay, the Olympic Village. Oh. How dense do they pack the athletes? Very loose. And then it's like, uh, I mean, they, 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 can, they, they, normally in an Olympic village, you have the, the athletes and bunk beds and stuff like that. How many tourists are going to come in? How, you have like tens of Should thousands be none. of athletes. No right? fans and no fans though, right? Yeah, even then, but it's like, but where do you put the, where do you put the, the athletes, right? Yeah. It's up uh, in the, in the underground uh, tunnel system. I'm, I'm not sure, man. I, I yeah, the Olympics look bad. Is ne- next year's Comic Con is that going to happen? That's 12 months from now. I think it's like if if they can get the the drugs, I think Comic Con can. I think it's like if if we get a good drug cocktail and testing, you know, and and people don't sue Comic Con. <laughs> Wow, I think it's, it's like if you if you get those three things together, I think the Comic Cons can still happen. But you're gonna you're gonna be able to have like forty thousand or fifty thousand people in that convention center at a given moment. No way. I don't think it's good. Like, there's gonna be one thousand people in that. Hundred. I mean, what do we Whatever have normally? It is. 
What? I don't know. I just threw out a number. I said 50,000 for one day, oh, no, but no, I don't no. know. No, no, because when, when I go there for the neuroscience meeting, the same venue, and they have like 30,000 or so, it feels so empty compared to Comic-Con. Oh, okay. Oh, so no, let's it's, say it's, it's 130,000 people attend San Diego Comic-Con. In, in one day? Uh, no, I think that's just the, that's like the number of badges they hand out, I guess. Oh, so there could be that many, a lot of people inside at a given moment. It's a I lot of thinking, people. I was thinking, uh, you know, my, my estimate was about a hundred thousand people in that. Place. So there's going to be, there's going to be like a, a, a comic con with like 1000 people walking around and that's it. <laughs> there's going to be more vendors and people working than there are actual attendees. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. So gonna, so, we're going to have a, we're going to have a. Giant robot is not that dense. No, no, yeah, it's all bad. <laughs> giant robot. Uh, I don't think giant robot is going to be a cluster. Warner oh, Brothers could be a cluster. Oh yeah, yeah, they'll have like a their Game of Thrones panel and kill everybody. <laughs> Hall H. Anyways, yeah. thanks for being here, Gerald. I don't. I don't yeah, think I have any more questions, you. and we've taken uh, a lot of your time. Yeah, we've taken a lot of your time. I'm a little more depressed than I was when we started. Oh, come on. And I'm a little more depressed than I was an hour ago. Come on. This is all like the, the news hasn't changed much. I just know now that like kimchi is a waste of time. So, well, yeah. I, you know, we don't know. We don't know whether kimchi is. <laughs> I, I, I just tell you, that I don't know about kimchi, but just keep having kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> and and just so you know, yeah. since Luke, you ate a chipotle outdoors you're part of the experiment. I am part of the experiment. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, haven't eaten a, I haven't eaten at a restaurant yet outside, so I haven't done that yet. Yeah, but like I, that was I, I could take out from Sujita. What? It doesn't that doesn't taste that, that that's like it's not so good, man. 80 80%. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but you you microwave. You, you you didn't like, you know, reheat on a stove or anything like that. You, I don't think that's going to work, man. It's Oh, dude, it's a difference. No. Big difference, buddy. Oh, the the, the... The noodles were all stuck together. Uh, see that. They... So Luke has an answer for that. Just run it through water. Absolutely, yeah. run it through water. Yeah, you know, like cold water. You know, you don't want it to like you know. Yeah. Or loosen it up in hot water and then pull it out. You know, just yeah. to get loose. So. Yeah, I'll do that next time. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's no next time for me on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that drop in ten percent <laughs> means that the 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 it does. It's unacceptable for. Wow, well, the the Sujita is already a fifty percent drop from Tokyo. Anything? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> smash! I mean, it's still the best year, but uh, you know, know what? I, I will give them. I will give them credit. I will give them credit. Like it's... Rokudincha. There's Rokudincha in uh, Tokyo, right? Another uh, Sukimen place that's supposed to be the best one, but you know, I found um... this underground place in Akihabara that's really awesome. Whoa. What? Oh, dude! Next time I go to Japan, I'm gonna have to get that information. Yeah, in about three or four years, <laughs> when they let us in again. Ah, oh, sucks. Who knows when they let us in again? Yeah, about three or four years. Well, Japan's still letting us in. They're just no. What? Japan is not letting anybody from the U.S. in. Wait, when did they? When did they shut it down? Like Europe? I, uh... Um, they shut it down months ago. I think like maybe in eight before April. Are you sure about that? Because yep. people were yeah, like, the only people they like, only with a Japanese passport you can go in. And when you go in with a Japanese passport, a friend of mine just went, and she had to fly in. She at the airport, she had to wait seven hours for a PCR test, and it came negative. She can take a limousine 
a taxi to go to her house that cost her like two, 20,000 yen, like 200 bucks to take a thing. But yeah, only because she had a Japanese passport. But if you don't have a Japanese passport, you cannot go in. I had no idea. Like, yeah, I yeah. thought only, the, the news only says that Canada <clears throat> talks about Canada and Europe. So, no, nope, like, we cannot go into Japan. Japan is only considering open up to Vietnam right now and Taiwan. Wow. And then, and there's a there's a big controversy also because Hawaii's numbers are really low. Right. Hawaii was gonna open up for Japan, but not for the continental U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, um... so they're like, so they're like, there there are certain people who are really pissed about that about the possibility of opening up only for. Japan, but not for the continental U.S. Yeah, I have a friend who owns property uh, in uh, Maui and was hoping to get out of California. Uh, Patrick Lamb? <laughs> and basically... Monkey King. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, and to take his family out there just to get out of like all the, the shit storm that is California, and they won't like let him in. Mm-hmm. Or they did have to quarantine for X amount of time and all this other shit. So. Yeah. So. See, we ended it with more bad news. Yeah, that was that was particularly bad news because I hadn't heard about Jap- Japan. Uh, go check, go check that the the Japanese government is not allowing almost any country yet. Yeah, yeah. You can easily look that up. Okay, okay. We're talking to you guys. No, it's great talking to you, Gerald. Dude, uh, thanks as always. Thanks, thanks always, much. You know, good getting update. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Take care, guys. Okay. Care. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.